Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. God bless you and your family. Hey, it's St. Patrick's Day. Can you tell who those are watching? I'm wearing green. We just finished Holy Mass at 9 a.m. Mass, and everybody got to get to go to confession. What a great day to go to Mass and confession. I'm pumped. Hey, can I make a suggestion? You might want to do that today also. If not today, soon. It's refreshing. We've got a special show today. I'm, I've got my guardian angel with me. And I think Dr. Ed Mazza might be calling in on some of the topics, so we'll see. I wanted to uh, cover some things that are very serious. And what it is is um, I want to cover the bishop in Puerto Rico who was released, terminated, because of his orthodoxy. It, 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 I had to wait a week to really process this whole issue. So we're going to talk about that and how we need to be praying for the Holy Father that— um, you know, he will confirm us in our faith by approving these people who are, these bishops who are sticking to the perennial teachings of the church and also drive away those liberal bishops or in, like in, in, uh, in uh, Germany who are promoting same-sex marriages. And, uh, you know, I can't do anything other than pray for them. I'm not in management. I'm in sales. So we'll talk about that. Also, there's a memorandum that's going around uh, to Cardinals, when I just happened to get, I uh, got a copy of it, talked about it on Wednesday a little, circulating around the Cardinals about the, the need to, uh, you know, when Pope Francis passes, and he will, he's, he's 86 years old, um, when we go to pick a new Pope, let's make sure that um, this is someone who really is going to lead the church in the perennial teachings of the church. I'm, I happen to agree with whoever wrote this, which Cardinal wrote it, but I think it's good that they're circulating it now for the good of the church. Also, I've got some good news out of Britain, and I'll tell you that in a little bit. But before we get to all these topics, let's get to the gospel today. It's a longer gospel, but wow, the commentary that I got from the Navarra Bible, you're going to love it. So the gospel is from Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 31. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen, and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have been eaten his fill of scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and from another world where he was in torment. He raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off, and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the, to dip the dip pip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what, you, what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas for you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish 
to go from one side to yours or from your side to ours. He said then, I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded. If someone should rise from the dead, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, the commentary I'm going to give you is taken from the Navarre Bible, which is just an awesome commentary book that I have on all the gospels. It says, this parable disposes of two errors that which deny the survival of the soul after death and therefore retribution in the next life. And that which is interpreted material prosperity in this life as a reward for moral restitude and adversity as punishment. The parable shows that immediately after death, the soul, here it is, is judged by God for all its acts. We all have that. The particular judgment we call that. We call it the exit interview over here at Virgin Most Powerful and is rewarded or punished. And that divine revelation is by itself sufficient for men to be able to believe in the next life. This gospel is powerful, and Fulton Sheen has something to say about it too later in the show. So in another area, the parable teaches the innate dignity of every human person independent of his social, financial, cultural, or religious position. And respect for this dignity implies that we must help those who are experiencing any material or spiritual need. Wishing to come down to topics that are practical and some urgency. The council lays stress on respect for human persons. This is the Second Vatican Council. Everyone should look up upon his neighbor without any exception as another self. Did you hear that? Yeah, well, do unto others. You want them to do unto you. That's it. And that means necessarily for living in it in a dignified way, lest he follow the example of the rich man who ignored Lazarus. Now this is from Gaudius Spes, which is a document of Vatican II. So I think that Gospels uh, got a lot to say to us, and I hope that helped you. Before I bring the smartest guy into the room, I want to tell you today is a feast day, as I was mentioning about St. Patrick. And as you know, many of you think of him as an Irish saint, right? And he is. But you know he came from England and then got captured and then went back to the country to try and convert the people who, who captured and tortured him. So, St. Patrick, please pray for us because you were living through some tough times and we're in some tough times today. Also, I want to mention to our listeners, whenever I'm reading a good book, I like to share it with you. And today's Thursday. And remember, what do we dedicate on Thursday to? The Holy Eucharist. Tonight we pray in our chapel for the priests and for the Holy Father and the bishops from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., you're welcome to come in, go down on our knees and pray for the Pope, pray for all of them. That's what we can do. That's our support. 
So the, man, the book I'm reading is from Bishop Athanasius Snyder, who's been on our show many times. It's called The Catholic Mass. Sophia Press, I don't get anything to tell you to go buy it other than satisfaction that you're going to get inspired to fall deeper in love with Jesus and the Holy Eucharist. Later in the show, I'm going to read some quotes from this book that should help you with your Eucharistic piety. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Archbishop Fulton Sheen, full Sheen ahead. Okay, check this out. This is good stuff. He says, you have exactly the same eyes at night as you have in the day, but you cannot see at night because you lack the additional light of the sun, right? So too, let two minds with identical, the same education, the same mental capacities, and the same judgments look at a host enthroned on an altar. The one sees bread and the other sees Christ, not, of course, with the eyes of the flesh, but with the eyes of faith. Let them both look on death. One sees the end of a biological entity. That's the world right now. The other, an immortal creature, being judged by God, or how it is used, its freedom. Boy, that's powerful. The reason for the difference is the one has light, which the other lacks, namely the light of faith. And this is why I continually say we need to pray for stronger faith every single day. Do we really believe in the teachings of Christ or not? Do we believe that that's Jesus Christ present in the Blessed Sacrament? Yes! And then we act like it. And I'm here to say to you, We need a Eucharistic renewal in the Catholic Church. St. John Paul II says it. In Bishop Athanasius Snyder's book, he talks about that. Bishop Strickland, who I interview every Tuesday, talks about the renewal of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist with people because we have so many people who don't believe in the teachings of Christ on the Eucharist. We need that to come. Also, I just want to give you the good news. Britons in Britain, House of Lords reject assisted suicide legislation. I was so glad to see that the Brits did that. And, um, you know, they got some pro-life people there, and they're across the pond, but it affects everybody in the world when people stand up for life. And that's why we, as Catholics, priests, bishops, the Pope, we have an obligation to stand up for life at all stages of life. And this is something that we will be judged on. So I think it's important that we make the stand, whether it means being arrested for life, like, like I had been done. I had been arrested back in 89 for standing up for life. Well, hey, can't think of a better thing to do. Stand up for the unborn. When we come back, we're going to talk more about our Puerto Rican bishop and how he has been taken down by Pope Francis and why he was taken down. And let's pray that he'll be reinstated. Many people are standing up for him as lay people. Stay with us, family. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse will be back on Monday. I had a good chat with him last night. 
He's learning a lot on spiritual warfare from Father Chad Ripperger. It's going to be exciting to have him back. This is a very delicate topic for me, everyone, because I'm going to give you my take with charity and clarity what I got from watching uh, the Holy Father remove the Puerto Rican bishop, uh, Bishop Fernandez Torres, just a, a week ago. And he was removed because he was really, I mean, this is objectively saying it, he was too loyal, too loyal to Christ and his church teachings about conscience. He was not support the mandate that everybody should get the vaccine. And that's something that uh, the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith made clear, that people have a moral conscience that object to it. They should be able to object to it and not uh, succumb to it. And this bishop would was uh, not going along with the bishops of Puerto Rico. He was he was an oddball because he stood for the truth of moral conscience. Also, he was known for his pro-life activities among Catholics and Protestants, and he was a a man that stood up between saying that marriage is between a man and a woman, not between uh, two men or two women. The guy was straight. Orthodox bishop. He kind of reminds me of Bishop Strickland. Yeah. So what's happened is Catholics all across the island. Okay, this is really interesting. The last time this happened um, was when one of the bishops in Argentina did something and the faithful said, Holy Father, please remove him. He's he's a womanizer. He's doing all these bad things. And finally, I guess the Holy Father said, "I, I got bad information and... Uh, we'll put, you know, we'll we'll take him out. Well, Holy Father, please, um, in the case of Bishop Torres, Fernandez Torres in Puerto Rico that you removed, the lay people are saying, we want our bishop back. And what's interesting is the bishops across the island came to testify on the bishop's character on a Sunday mass and demanded that the Pope reinstate him. That's pretty bold. He said... Um, you know, before becoming a bishop, he was a public defender of faith of the family, a great teacher of principles and values, and um, he was a vigilant soldier to safeguard everyone's freedom of conscience. And um, what's really interesting that I find, family, that is that the Protestants were even supporting this, who are you know biblical, not not liberal Protestants, but he he was so good to the Protestants regarding the fighting for the unborn. Um, so these signs were carried by protesters reading, we want our bishop back. We need our bishop back. We demand justice. And I think it's a reasonable thing to let our pastors know our needs. That's what canon law says. So they do it with charity and clarity. Uh, they even have a sign that says, where is the mercy of the synodal spirit? In other words, they're asking the Holy Father, Holy Father, you talk about this being merciful to sinners or to people who do you know things that are wrong, um, you know, forgive them. Well, where's your forgiveness here? If there's something he did, this guy is a loyal son of the church. Now, the question that comes to my mind is guys like Cardinal Marx and other cardinals in, in Germany and bishops who are teaching that same-sex marriage is okay and her and that women's ordination is okay. And there's nothing, not even a peep out of the Holy See. See, so I'm asking, 
as a layman, Holy Father, with sincere love for your in your office, confirm us in our faith. Don't undermine our faith by taking a man out who's loyal to the perennial teachings of the church. It undermines us. It's kind of like a mom and dad. The Holy Father's our spiritual father, right? Everybody agrees with that. Well, I'm a dad to four kids, right? And I have a wife, a great faithful wife. We're on the same page when it comes to the faith and the disciplines of the church. So the kids weren't getting mixed signals. What I see happening, the analogy is, the Holy Father, as the father of the family, is giving mixed signals. Yeah, because Cardinal Marx and other cardinals in the German church are doing horrendous things on moral teachings of the church, and they're in good standing. Then you've got some other bishops, not just this bishop in Puerto Rico, but I know other Catholic bishops in America who are being told, knock it off, stop it. For what? For preaching the gospel, the perennial teachings of the church. Holy Father, you're in charge. You've got that given gift that you, from all eternity, God brought you as the Holy Father for this time of history. I'm going to ask you humbly to confirm us again in our faith by teaching what your predecessors taught and their predecessors taught and not be quiet when it comes to error. And it's error when you have someone saying that we should be ordaining women or someone saying we should have same-sex marriage. That's error. And by not speaking out, uh, it really causes confusion in the flock. So I, he's, they even have these Protestants attending the rally saying that as the head of the Coalition for Life and Family, it's a conservative Christian network which has collaborated with Bishop Fernandez uh, for quite some time. So what we're saying is when you have a fight right now, which is a f- salvation of souls, a fight over the salvation of souls, please, taking good men out of the fight and replacing them with people who are not going to stick to the teachings of the church, and we see this all over the church right now, that that's undermining our faith. Now, that was very difficult for me to tell the Holy Father that, but if I was in his presence, I would tell him that to his face because souls are worth more than anything else. If souls are saved, everything is saved. And I ask you to pray with me tonight, every Thursday night. You know, sometimes you hear people complain about the management of the church, bishops, priests. Are we praying for them? What sacrifices are we making for the Pope? Well, every Thursday, we're there praying for the Holy Father. Every day, we offer some sacrifice for him because he needs the graces to respond in that way. Now, on the natural level, let's be honest. His formation as a Jesuit, ordained in 1969, come on, be honest. He got really bad formation in theology and philosophy. So what do you expect? He hasn't, because you can tell by the way he writes. It's not, you know, with, he doesn't have much of a Thomistic approach to anything. Thomas Aquinas, traditional Catholic teachings. So we, we acknowledge he is our Holy Father, and we need to pray for him to lead the church to fidelity to Christ. Because remember, we don't worship a bishop, a priest, or even the Pope. The crucifix is right in my hand. That's who we worship, Jesus Christ. And so when we be scandalized by what is going on in Rome, and believe me, as Michael Voris was saying yesterday with me, 
you wouldn't believe how corrupt things are. No, I would. We've been here before. You know, we, we've got uh, saints that, it, that, were, that God raised up to purify the church, and that's going to happen again. Most crises in the church, are you ready? This is taken right from Bishop Athanasius Snyder's book, come from our last about 75 years. And I think uh, we might not see it. I'll be dead to see the renewal, but we're going to pull out of this. Why? Because of your prayers, because of your sacrifices. And I just want to add one more thing. I mentioned this memorandum on the next conclave. It's circulating among cardinals. And it really just points out the uh, challenges that we have in the church uh, that, you know, says, look, our Pope is the successor of Peter and where, you know, we have our unity and we have people all over the world, like the German Senate speaking on homosexuality, women priests, communion for divorce, and the Holy See is quiet, the, Hol the Holy Father. We have um, all kinds of... Um, uh, Cardinal Hollerick rejecting Christian teachings on sexuality. The papacy is silent. This is uh, really significant because the cardinal uh, is really teaching heretical stuff and nothing is being done. <coughs> uh, the silence is emphasized with, with this, with, um, where traditional uh, orders in the church have been silenced for no good reason, by the Holy See? These are questions I'm saying, questions I want to ask the Holy Father. Why are we persecuting the good? You see things in China. <clears throat> the people in China are being persecuted. I've met people from China who say, Praise Holy Father, don't give in on the communist Chinese church. It's bad for us. And what happens? <clears throat> no, not a word about the communists as being persecuting the Catholics. Why? Speak up. The flock is waiting. It's almost like, it's, uh, well, use the farming an analogy. The sheep, the, the, the shepherd is letting the wolves into the sheep gate. <clears throat> and that's what's happening. We're being eaten up because of weak leadership. And I say this because the Holy Father is the vicar of Christ. He has a role to play as the confirming us in our faith in the unifier and his role is to exercise authority in the church <coughs> based on the gospel. Not based on any personal opinion or friends that need help when they get in trouble. Nepotism should not be in, at all in the Holy See. Now, it's been there for years, right? Nepotism. Hundreds of years or a thousand years. <coughs> Relatives would become cardinals. And this was done. Well, we have to knock that off, obviously. <clears throat> now, if you're friends with the Pope, certain bishops, they, uh, they get in trouble and they get pulled into the Holy See for another job, uh, which <clears throat> is just tragic because you see the good guys like Cardinal Pell, who was falsely accused of some mismanagement and defended himself. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's just a different treatment. And this is, concerns us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And we speak our mind with love and devotion. This is not, I'm not judging anyone. I'm judging the actions of the Holy See. And right now, the actions of the Holy See with the Pope have been very weak when it comes to defending our faith in China and defending the moral teachings of the church, clearly, without any ambiguity. 
And when I come back, we're going to read some more things from Bishop Athanasius Snyder regarding uh, the, the Mass and the Eucharist. Because I want to build you up in the faith. Scandal is a big, big obstacle in evangelization. How do we overcome it? By our love for Jesus Christ and his church. So that no matter what the Pope says or a bishop or a priest says, I, I have to square it up with what the church has always taught. Get your catechism out. Get your Bible out. If it's not a biblical teaching that the church has always taught, reject it. Now, you got Joe Sixpack telling you, we need to get down on our knees and pray for the Holy Sea, Holy Father and the Holy See to come out swinging with the gospel. Remember what I said the other day. And what was it? I said, the church cannot be the salt of the earth if we keep sugarcoating the gospel. We come back, we'll have more on the Terry and Jesse show that hopefully will inspire you to love Jesus and his church more. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. I'm going to let my engineer know that if you want to call me about, you know, what I just said about the Holy Father and the scandals in the church and that we need to be praying for him and uh, you have comments about that or anything I've said today about uh, even even the comment that I just mentioned about the church cannot be the salt of the earth if we keep sugarcoating the gospel. I just think that's really where we're at now. <clears throat> you can call 888-526-2151. That's 888-526-2151. Before I get into the book by Bishop Athanasius Snyder that everybody should get called the Catholic Mass, I just want to mention I saw in the news <clears throat> that our show with Bishop Strickland is calling on the world's bishops to join Pope Francis in the consecration of Russia. And uh, I know they're going to be doing that. That's going to be 9 o'clock Pacific Coast time Sunday. So we'll be starting our Mass here at the chapel. But I would encourage everyone to get call their bishop and say, Bishop, or write to him. Come on, we're just a week away. Let's get going. Let's join the Holy Father in this consecration because the church is in desperately need and Ukraine and the peace in the Ukraine, we need that. That People are dying daily in, the, in that war right now. So there you have it. All right, again, <clears throat> I want to take a little time to do a little teaching on the Holy Eucharist. Someone can say, I already know everything about the Eucharist. Can I break the news to you? You don't. It's a lifetime occupation. We need to study our faith lifetime for a lifetime. <clears throat> That's why <clears throat> the Catechism of the Catholic Church is invaluable. We should be studying that every single day of our life, if not weekly, uh, because it helps us understand our purpose. Now, this book that I'm reading, uh, The Catholic Mass, it's Steps to Restore the Centrality of God to the Liturgy. Check out some of the endorsements this book has. Like, for example, Cardinal Robert Seurat says, Bishop Snyder's profound reverence for the Mass and the Blessed Eucharist grew out of his experience of their deprivation in persecution in Russia. He grew up in Russia. If we can enable even a little of faith and love out of which this book has emerged, we will not only understand 
why restoring the centrality of God to the liturgy is essential, but we shall ourselves take up this necessary work without further de delay. Now, Cardinal Seurat, just years ago, was the prefect for the congregation of the liturgy. And um, he's the one who wanted to see us turn the altar around, so they call it ad orientum, where the priest would be facing the altar, not the people. And he wanted that during Lent to start. This was three, four years ago. <clears throat> but unfortunately, the Holy See said no. But his reasoning for that, everybody, was, and, Car and Bishop Strickland, or Bishop uh, Athanasius Snyder talks about it in his book, that when you l have the fit priest looking at you, he becomes the center of the Mass. He has to joke, he has to smile, he has to, you know, I get eye contact. All that's a human level. We have to look up at the supernatural. We call it the, uh, hor the ver vertical aspect, not the horizontal. We need vertical aspect of going to God. That's one of the benefits of having the priest not facing the people. Now, uh, in a, he quotes St. John Paul II in this book, who wrote so much about the Holy Eucharist. He said, there is a particular need to cultivate, I would agree, a lively awareness of Christ's presence, both in the celebration of the Mass and in the worship of the Eucharist outside the Mass. Think about what the Pope is saying. We had how many people in the Catholic Church who believe in the real presence? Probably 20%, if that. 80%, I'm sure. I've, I've been studying this for 40-some years, asking people, and I don't get one out of 10 to get it right. So he, Pope St. John Paul II says, care should be taken to show that awareness through tones of voice, gestures, posture, and bearing. So in other words, you have to speak through your actions at Mass. If you're dressed in shorts and a tank top, that speaks actions about what you think you're going to, the beach or, the, or you're going to Mass. In this regard, liturgical law requires, and I myself have recently reaffirmed the important moments of silence, both in the celebration of the Mass and in Eucharistic adoration. We're teaching this because it's Thursday. This is the day we commemorate devotion to the Holy Eucharist. And St. John Paul II is exhorting us to have silence before the Eucharist. Can you do that today? I did that this morning. It was awesome. Now, the way the minister and the faithful treat the Eucharist should be marked by profound respect. The presence of Jesus in the tabernacle must be a kind of magnetic pole. Do you like the way the Holy Father said? A magnetic pole! I love it! Attracting an even greater number of souls enamored of him, ready to wait patiently to hear his voice and, as it were, to sense the beating of his heart. You see what I'm talking about? Do we really have love for the Holy Eucharist? The Holy Father, St. John Paul II, is encouraging us to spend time. I remember he said, let our adoration never cease. He says, during this year, this is the Eucharistic adoration outside the Mass, should become a particular commitment for individuals, parishes, and religious communities. Tomorrow, I actually interview a young woman who wants to be a nun 
who is joining an order of sisters that do perpetual Eucharistic adoration. And who are they praying for? Priests. They're making sacrifices for priests. Because let's be honest, the priests are under attack. And it's easy to complain about your priests, but are we praying for them every day? So let us take time. This is what Bishop Athanasius said, to kneel before Jesus present in the Holy Eucharist in order to make reparation by our faith and love for the acts of carelessness, neglect, and even insults which our Savior must endure in many parts of the world. What he's talking about is Eucharistic abuses. They're going on all over our country. I've seen them for 50 years. So sad. Let's make reparation for these things. Let's, let's offer our sacrifices that they will end. Let us deepen through adoration our personal and communal contemplation, drawing upon aids to pray and be inspired by the word of God and the experience of so many mystics old and new. Bishop Athanasius makes a good point for us here. He says, the rosary itself, when it is profoundly understood in the biblical and crystal-centric form, which I recommend in this apostolic letter, this is the Holy Father saying this, will prove a particular fitting introduction to the Holy Eucharist. He's saying, pray the rosary before Mass or after Mass. That's what he's saying. He says that uh, contemplation, a contemplation carried out with Mary, yes, as our companion and guide. This year, let us also celebrate a particular devotion to the Solemnity of Corpus Christi, which comes up in June where we take Jesus out to the streets. Our faith in God, who took flesh in order to become our companion along the way, needs to be everywhere proclaimed, especially in our streets and homes, as an expression of grateful love and as an exhaustible source of blessing. Boy, this is the kind of clarity that I love getting from the Holy Father, St. John Paul II. He says this, he left us a precious exhortation written in 1980 at the beginning of his pontificate. You see how St. John Paul II was just, man, he was hitting hard on the Holy Eucharist. He said, this worship given therefore to the Trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit above all accompanies and permeates the celebration of the Eucharistic liturgy. But it must fill our churches also outside the timetable time of masses. <clears throat> Indeed, since the Eucharistic mystery was instituted out of love and makes Christ sacramentally present, it is worthy of thanksgiving and worship. And this worship must be prominent in all of our encounters with the Blessed Sacrament, both when we visit our churches and when sacred species are taken to the sick the church and the world have a great need for Eucharistic worship. Jesus waits for us in this sacrament of love, the Pope said. Let us be generous with our time in going to meet him in adoration and contemplation that is full of faith and ready to make reparation for the great faults and crimes of the world. He says, may our adoration never cease. Now, you probably saw on the internet a parish in Covina where they had the kids doing some kind of dance with a duck dance or something. 
I've seen it. I walked out years ago when that happened at that parish. And that's the kind of reparation that needs to be made. We need to make reparation for all these sacrileges that they're doing in Catholic churches today. So we can be part of the solution, not by complaining and what's that do, but by our prayers. And this is important for all of us because this is Thursday, a day dedicated to the Holy Eucharist. And I want to encourage you to fall deep in love with Jesus and the Holy Eucharist. Join us tonight from 7 to 9. And I say this anytime. When the churches were closed, we kept our church open. People to come and pray. What's more important, the body or the soul? Actions speak louder than words. Sorry about that, but that's what I mean when I say the churches should have never closed their doors. They should have kept them open for people to pray. Because praying and the salvation of souls is always more important than my body's health. And uh, that's just my take as a layman. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Bishop Athanasius' book on the Catholic Mass, Steps to Restoring the Centrality of God in the Liturgy. Remember, there's an old saying, the way you worship is the way you believe. That's why it's important to talk about the Holy Eucharist in a way that inspires us to fall deep in love with Jesus and his bride, the church. Stay with us, family. More on how we can follow Christ deeper in the Holy Eucharist and our, under Our Lady's mantle. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Actually, Jesse will be back on Monday. As I mentioned, if you just tuned in, he's out for the week, being trained by Father Chad Ripperger on spiritual warfare. I'm talking about a brand new book that came out. I've actually communicated with Bishop uh, Athanasius Snyder in the past, and I'm asking him to come back again and be interviewed on this book. He's out in Kazakhstan, a long ways away. But just the cover of the book, you it's so beautiful. You really can't see it there on the video, but uh, it's a picture of a church in... Germany that had been damaged during World War II, and you see the priests and the subdeacons and the altar boys serving Mass, and outside a wall that got blown out by a bomb, you can see the crumbling of the, um, of the uh, pillars of the church, and uh, the, they are worshiping God at Mass in spite of the war. And I think this speaks volumes about their faith. I wanted to also mention there's a couple other guys you might recognize their name, like Dr. Scott Hahn. He said, this book proclaims the message for us all that we need to hear, and it's this. To live with our lives centered on God is the only safe way to live. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful, Scott, to say it that way. We do this most fully when we pray with a deep reverence of the Mass, whose every detail proclaims God's greatness and mercy. Uh, this book, as I said, I think will go down as part of the restoration of the church. I'm, I'm convinced of it, that uh, this is something that um, we need right now. We need to look at the Mass and have a renewal of it because, uh, you know, even in 1965 in our country, we had 80% of Catholics going to Mass. 
it's now down to about 11%. And, you know, that really says something about people's belief in the mass. So we need to renew this. And I know you you know this, you wouldn't be listening, but let's get the word out. Let's get the word that, you know, like I'm going to lunch with I don't know, a couple of my old friends from high school. Guess what I'm going to do? One of them's already coming back to church, but the other one, I'm going to have lunch. He's not Catholic. I'm going to invite him to our chapel for Mass. Let's start inviting people back to the source and summit of the Christian life, the Holy Mass. This is important. Also, I wanted to tell everyone that in April, we are going to have first Saturday devotions to try and implement the Fatima message. And I would ask you to ask your pastor at the same time you're asking about consecrating Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Ask him, can we do a mass? Can we have a rosary? Can we do uh, some aspect of the Fatima message? That's what we're going to do here at the chapel starting the first Saturday of April at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We're going to pray before the Blessed Sacrament. We pray our rosary. We have a little meditation on some aspect of the Fatima message. In our case, everybody's going to participate. I'm going to be the first speaker. But that's it. Then the others are going to be doing that so that we can study the Fatima message and live it. And this is what here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio is all about. We are here to help you and be inspired to fall deep in love with Jesus Christ. And anything we can do to give help you do that, and that's what we're going to do. And I want to thank all of the... Uh, listeners and donors who have been supporting us with their prayers and their monetary support because this is over four years we've been on Virgin Most Powerful. We're picking up new stations. Uh, You know, the stations that pick us up have to be tough because we don't compromise. Remember, I keep using that term. The church cannot be the salt of the earth if we keep sugarcoating the gospel, making excuses for sin. No, no. We have to be lovingly tell people the faith. And, you know, this is important. And I, I share this with you not to be condemning anyone. I'm just pointing out that, you know, like Fulton Sheen says, he says, only in a limited sense is it true that circumstances make a man. They make a man only to the extent that a man permits circumstances to make him. It is not so much the outward that influences the inward as the inward that influences the outward. That's a profound thought by Fulton Sheen. So when we say, well, I had grade B milk. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. No, no, no. You turn your life over to Christ. That's what we need to do. Live in the present moment. God's will is manifested moment by moment as long as we're staying faithful to our duties and our state in life. So I get calls from people, I'm worried, I'm just, don't be worried. Trust in Jesus Christ. He'll take care of you. People tell me, oh, go get this, go get that. I'm like, you know what? Life is short, eternity is forever. I'm going to take every action, every breath I have to share the gospel with people. And if for some reason God allows it, he permits a nuclear bomb or whatever happens and everybody's dead. Hey, did you go to confession? Are you living in the state of grace? then you have nothing to worry about. And if you've done your duty, Our Lady of Fatima talks about that is in itself a sacrifice. To get up out of bed at a certain time and do your work, do your duty, you're a school kid, go to school, do your homework, 
That's pleasing God. See, life is not that complicated. It really isn't. That's why here at Virgin Most Powerful, we keep majoring on the fundamentals of the faith. I want to encourage you to listen to Bishop Joseph Strickland on Tuesdays after the Terry and Jesse show. Tell your friends, here's a bishop who's willing to take it on the chin for preaching the gospel. And even when he gets criticized, you know what he does? He keeps preaching the gospel. That's what we need to do. You're going to get criticized by mom, by dad, by friends and relatives, by employees. So what? What matters is, is that your relationship with Jesus Christ is strong, that you're living in the state of grace, and that you're sharing the faith in spite of scandal. So all these scandals that we have, they're going to continue to have. Jesus said that you always have scandal among us. But who are you focusing your faith on? Not a bishop, not a priest, not even the Pope. He's the vigor of Christ. He's not the superior of Christ. He can't supersede what Christ taught. That's the balance we need. But when you see the Holy Father say ambiguous things, get down on your knees and pray for him. Yeah, that's what we should do. And I don't condemn him. It's not my position to condemn him. What I'm asking him to do is to confirm us in our faith. And I think that is what we lay people can do. And how do we do that? By praying for our church leaders. There's a book by Monsignor George Kelly printed back in 79. He said, Where's the church going? Where its leaders take them. That's why it's so important for us to be praying for our leaders because nothing gets done without prayer. And it's easy to complain and even leave the church. Some people say, I don't want to go to that church. I have friends who say, my husband is this way or my wife is this way. Say, you know what? That's an excuse. Suck it up. Toughen it up, guy. Act like a man and get down on your knees and get your rosary out and pray your rosary, dude. That's what we need to tell men. Because we know what? We're in a battle, a spiritual battle. Much worse than even the third, uh, a, 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 nuke, a nuclear war, World War III. Because that can only kill our body. We have a big war going on. And it's the war over our soul. The devil, the world, and the flesh. That's why we have to stay close in our prayer life. And that's what adoration does. It gives us an opportunity to adore Jesus in the Holy Eucharist, which in turn, Christ speaks to us and gives us solace to say, I entrust myself to you, Jesus. What do you want me to do today? Can you say that? I entrust myself to you, Jesus. What do you want me to do today? And that's all we can do. What do you mean that's all? That's everything. It's his will over our will. Can't put it any simpler than that. Now, if Jesse was still here, and he's going to be back on Monday, I'd say, Jess, what state should we be living in? And Jess Romero would say, Arizona. No, he wouldn't. He said, I'm joking. Nope, California, nope. The state of grace. How do we do that? By living in the presence of God, staying close to the sacraments. As I said, I just went to confession, and I want to encourage you. I'm a sinner, and so are you, just, just to let you know. The world right now, and some people in the church don't believe that people can sin anymore. Well, we need, why would we have a Savior if there's no sin? We, need, we are sinners, and we're in need of redemption. And Jesus Christ gives us that redemption through his church, through the sacrament of confession. He nourishes us with the Holy Eucharist. Remember what John said, 
Unless you eat of my blood and drink of my body, you have no life in you. My flesh is real food. My blood is real drink. That's John 6. Read that chapter for today because this day is dedicated to the Holy Eucharist, the source and summit of the Christian life. So important that we do that. And I'll never forget, I got something here from Bishop Strickland that I wanted to say again. He said this, he quoted Fulton Sheen, You will never be happy if your happiness depends on getting solely what you want. Change the focus. Get a new center. And here it is. I just said it. Will what God wills and your joy, no man shall take it from you. So no matter if they take us in jail, I've been there, done that. No, that can't stop us from loving Jesus. And I just want to say that Sheen said it this way. If there is no hell then there is no sin. And if there's no sin, then there is no judge. And if there is no judgment, then evil is good and good is evil. Boy, does that sound like the world today? Fulton Sheen, you nailed it. I love that man. And if people want to get his Life is Worth Living series, his 50 half-hour shows that I started back in 1978 with on records, call us at 877-526-2151. Anthony or Trish will get that for you. We need to be inspired by loyal sons and daughters of the church. And the way you know if they're loyal is, does it match up to the gospel and the teachings of the church out of the catechism of the Catholic Church? I also want to take this time to thank all of the listeners who have been supporting us monthly. If you want to become a monthly supporter, $25 or more gets you a bunch of uh, CD recordings, uh, downloads that I think you'll love to have. It'll form you because, you know what? We need high-information Catholics. We need Catholics who know their faith, love their faith, and live their faith. Again, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you, our listener, who supports us at vmpr.org. Listen to all the shows. They have one characteristic, and that is love for Jesus and his church. I want to thank you again for all the support in these four years we've been doing this. May God richly bless you. And have a wonderful Holy Thursday. Make that visit to the Blessed Sacrament. And if you can get to confession, not today, maybe tomorrow, over the weekend, uh, the benefits are out of this world. So, again, we thank you for all your support here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Dr. Sandoval shows up next. Go to vmpr.org and download the free app. It's free. God love you.